Hello everyone and welcome to episode 87 of the History Hotline. I'm your host Deanna Lincook as always and today's episode is all about the History Matters Journal. Now the intention with this episode is the first of a series um, of episodes that will come out probably one a month, um, maybe a little bit sooner um, depending and it will feature members of the editorial team on the History Matters Journal and they're going to be speaking about their own research, the journal um, and how it came about and this episode is the first in that series and I'm really excited about this actually because I really wanted this podcast not just to be a platform where I talk about history but where other people can do that as well. There are so many people researching so many interesting things um, and you know why, why would I then go out and do exactly the same research as them that they are specialists at, um, when we could just bring them on here and have them share their work. So we're going to be graced with the presence of many great researchers, academics, historians, um, and the like over the next few um, months. So stay tuned for those episodes. I really hope you enjoy them. Um, And for today's episode, we are joined by A.S. Francis. Now, the interview that I conducted with her about History Matters Journal, about her own research um, and about, you know, the work that she does uh, was recorded um, a while ago, um, a few weeks back. And so this is just a kind of intro to the conversation that we had um, about the History Matters Journal. Now, at the time when we had recorded this, the newest uh, volume of the journal was not yet released, but I'm pleased to say it has been released. um, And I wanted to kind of share a little bit about the contents of it for this, um, this volume. Now, we won't. I won't spoil it and tell you exactly what the History Matters Journal is all about, um, as A.S. Francis is going to do that for us shortly. Um, but just to say that this um, volume of the journal contains um, different um, articles written by a range of people um, from a range of like academic, non-academic, historical research, archiving backgrounds, um, and they all write about the African diaspora in Britain. Um, and so this kind of issue is it's a really exciting one, actually. I'm going to run through the contents for you just to give you a taste of kind of the range of articles that are in there. Um, there is an article by America Sherwood about BASA and the school curriculum. Um, Claudia Tomlinson's written about researching black history in the Communist Party records. Tion Paris has written about Claudia Jones and black radicalism in Britain. Reuben Darrell's written about the Ku Klux Klan in the Midlands. Um, Danny Thompson has written about Samuel Jules Celestine Edwards, a black radical in Edwardian Britain. Arista Agidele has written about John Archer, the, one of the first black mayor mayors in London. Kevin Searle has written about the National Archives, Records in Focus, and there are book reviews, one on African and Caribbean people in Britain history, um, reviewed by Montaz Marche, um, Hidden History, African Women and the British Health Service, reviewed by Frankie Chappell, uh, and Freedom Seekers, Escaping from Slavery in Restoration London by Annabelle Gilmore. Um, so they're the articles that are kind of in this volume, but you know there are several volumes which we're going to talk about on the episode with A.S. Francis, um, that cover the widest range of topics um, of kind of well, what you might define as black British history or people of um, African Caribbean descent in Britain. Um, it's a really, really interesting uh, publication uh, and something that you should all know more about. So tune in and stay listening um, to find out more. And so, as I mentioned today, we're going to be speaking to A.S. Francis um, and kind of on behalf of the History Matters Journal 
um, about the work that they do um, and you know the purpose of the journal and what it does in regards to sharing um, the histories of people black people um, from Africa and the Caribbean in Britain um, and the work that they do here in their lives and their histories and everything that kind of relates to that and so on today's episode we have A.S. Francis who is a PhD student at the University of Chichester researching women's involvement in Britain's black radical organisations during the 1960s to the 1980s and the development of a black women's movement. In addition to this PhD research, research, Francis is in the process of writing a publication celebrating the long-standing and far-reaching activism of Gerlin Bean, which is set to be published by Lawrence and Wishart as part of a series of publications about radical black radical women. Francis is also a consultant to the Young Historians Project, a member, member of the History Matters Collective and co-founder of the History Matters Journal. Welcome to the History Hotline podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Good to be here with you. Amazing. Um, so we've got lots of questions for you today. Hopefully they won't be too difficult. Um, and obviously, since we have a guest on the podcast, it's only right that we get to know them and ask them a few questions um, about, you know, why they love history and all that good stuff. So quick fire questions for you. So why history? Why have you chosen history as the thing you're going to do? Maybe not with the rest of your life, but your life right now. Um, why is it that you like it so much? That's a good question. And I'm thinking back to where it all began. And I just think that I didn't really have a choice in terms <laughs> of it's just something that I've always been interested in. I'm not particularly sure why, but certainly since like early childhood, I've always been interested in history and all aspects of history. Um, but in terms of my focus on the history of African and Caribbean people in Britain, um, which definitely feels like my area, my comfort area, um, and I think I have a lot to give in terms of that area of history, um, I think it stems from the fact that looking into that particular area of history allowed me to understand more about myself and my position growing up in Britain um, and particularly because I grew up in a place where there were not a lot of people like me um, it just felt like a space for me to be able to explore my heritage and answer some unanswered questions about how I came to be here in the first place if that makes sense yeah makes sense um yeah so I think it's given me um a lot of history as a discipline has given me a lot of support in terms of understanding myself better um so props to history for doing that and I think that I don't want to speak for others but I think that it does serve that purpose for other people as well yeah most definitely um okay um what is your favorite historical time period and I'm going to be really mean and make you pick like I don't know a 10 or 20 year period it can't be just like 21st century or no not 20 no. 19th century or something like give us like 10 20 years okay well yeah so if I had to pick a particular time period out of the history of humanity <laughs> yeah 10 um, years. <laughs> I would have to say the period that I'm researching for my PhD, because that would make the most sense, Good um, which is the period of the 1960s 
into the 1980s. And the reason that I'm attracted to the, that those two particular decades is just because of the amount of <laughs> stuff that was happening. Like it was, yeah. a, it was a, a crazy time and a very politically radical time as well. Um, a lot of um, liberation movements were taking place at that time and people were discovering new ideas and putting them into practical form in terms of trying to build a better society. So for me, I think looking back to that period um, provides me with like a blueprint of what I would like to see the future look like and yeah. some of the tools that we can use to help create a better future. Um, and it's a reachable history in terms of the people who were active in making change during that time. A lot of them are still around and accessible to talk to. Yeah. Um, so having that um, in-person connection with as an oral histor historian as well, it's a, an amazing experience and a really magical process to sit down and talk to someone about their memories of a particular event. Um, and it brings history to life in a in a way that um, doesn't happen when you're accessing like an archive document. Um, although archive documents of, are important, but it's yeah. just another way of being able to access that history. Definitely, no, I would agree. Um, I think that's probably why I like researching more mod modern time periods. Um, you can just, I feel like you can kind of see the world a little bit clearer too um, yeah. and, and see kind of you know literally uh, if not the people that were there then only maybe one generation down or sometimes two um, and be able to kind of understand things yeah um, what is it that your what are your research interests sorry um in that area then are you looking at anything particular I know we said um you're looking at women's involvement in Britain's black radical organizations um so is it mostly that or any anything else um, well, I guess my interest in this kind of area started from my interest in the black power movement and black power politics um, from like the mid-1960s onwards. Um, and I think when we think about black power, we might connotate it to what was happening in the US and the Black Panthers in the US. So it's interesting to find out more about black power as it happened in Britain and the, the British context of it. Um, and so that's how kind of my research began. Um, and then it's grown into uh, something a, a, broad, a bit broader. Um, but my specific interest is from a, a women's perspective in terms of um, how many women were involved in particular organisations, what were their experiences, what were their contributions to the movement. Um, and how did women elevate the politics of um, or radical black politics during that time and add, um, expand its dimensions in terms of understanding gendered issues, um, issues around sexuality, bodily autonomy, and uh, these kinds of important questions which are still relevant to us now. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Um, and finally, then, um, a historical figure that you wish more people knew about, um, whether from your own research or from another topic or another area. There's so there's like names flashing through yeah. my head. <laughs> you can give us a few if you want. I, I, there's one I thought you definitely would say. 
but I'm going to see if you say it. <laughs> is it Gerlin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I probably should mention that. <laughs> I think it's only right. Yeah. Uh, can I mention someone else though? As yeah, well? no, you can give us a list if you want and then just zoom in on one if you want or okay. zoom in on a few. Okay. So yeah. that is that is a very difficult question. I won't be able to give just one name. Um, I think I'm going to settle on two. Sounds good. So the first person that I think um, people would benefit from knowing more about is Gerlin Bean, um, who is sometimes called the mother of the black women's movement or the grandmother of black British feminism. Um, so Gerlin Bean was active in um, the black movement uh, from the 1970s into the 1980s in Britain. She was involved in various different black organizations like the black liberation front the black unity and freedom party she was a co-founder of the brixton black women's group alongside other important women like olive morris beverly bryan um zainab abbas liz obi um, and she was also a co-founder of the organization of women of african and asian descent um which was set up by other women as well like um, Olive Morris and Stella Dazzi. So she was a part of this really energetic collective of black women um, who were just constantly um, setting up different organizations to address the specific needs of um, black women during that time period. Um, so I think that she needs to be given her flowers in her lifetime um, and more people um should know about her but also about the women who she um was in struggle with also the women who she was organizing alongside because I think history a lot of time the way that history is presented is to view an event through the lens of one individual uh, but as we know history often um occurs from collectives of people getting together and, and fighting for a specific cause so it's important to highlight Gerlin, but also the women that she um, organised with. So she would be my first person. Um, another individual who I would like to highlight is William Coffey, who was a chartist um, in the 1800s. And he was of Caribbean descent. And he was based in the southeast of England. Um, and he was eventually deported to um Australia for his activism in the Chartist movement um and I, the reason that I bring him up is because the Chartist movement is something that um black individuals who were living in Britain were heavily involved in um and he was a leading figure in that movement he was also on the more radical side of um Chartist politics and is interesting in how the state treated him and that he was eventually deported to Australia because he was seen as a threat um, at that time and that even though he was uh, physically removed from Britain that didn't stop him in fighting for what he believed in so I think that's an important um, lesson definitely and us, yeah yeah and thank you for bringing two people from well not you know the earliest of of black people being in Britain but very early on much more oh much earlier than we often associate with um black British history but also um 
girl and bean um and yeah the women that she worked alongside with um yeah i think i've had that debate on here before with myself mind you about the <laughs> importance of like individuals in terms of inspiring people you know whether that be generations as we move forwards but also knowing that no individual works on their own in a vacuum you know there are always yeah. other people um may, maybe they're not the loudest voices or they don't do the thing that creates the most attention but you know there are also always other people there yeah um, which is an important point um especially when we think about women's movements and collectives because they really were like collectives there weren't necessarily people on a pedestal yeah um which makes a lot of sense. So thank you for sharing that and a little bit about your own work and research. But we're going to think about, first of all, um, the History Matters Journal, um, which is free and easily accessible. So if you're listening now and thinking, well, what's this all about? Well, you know, get onto Google and have a listen, have a read, should I say. Um, but I wanted to ask you, um, well, where where did it start? Where did the History Matters Journal begin? Yeah, thank you. And thanks for clarifying to everyone that it is free and readily accessible. Uh, so no one has an excuse not to read it. <laughs> um, but the History Matters Journal is, I guess, a slightly separate story from the History Matters Collective and how that um, was set up. So just going back to 2014, um, which is when History Matters all began. Um, the Times Higher Education had published um, an article basically highlighting the really low numbers of young black people or, or young people of African and Caribbean descent who were taking up history as an undergraduate subject. And therefore, that impacted the amount of young uh, black trainee teachers who were being trained as um, history teachers for schools. So, um, a group of concerned historians and teachers and activists got together and tried to think of ways to, first of all, get to the bottom of why this um, problem is, why so many young black people are deterred from studying history at a university, um, but also try to come up with ways for helping to encourage more young black people see a, a future um, as a historian or just in the in the historical field um, so as an outcome of that the history matters collective was formed in that year 2014 um, and then a year later in 2015 they had their first conference which allowed for discussion um, from people of all age ranges students and people in that more kind of mature stages of their careers as, as historians and educators um, to just sit down and discuss what can we do about this because we can't let it continue. Um, so there were various different initiatives that came out of that History Matters conference. One of them was the Young Historians Project, um, which Deanna knows very well. And um, that's still going strong. Um, another initiative was the MRES course, which is um, taught at Chichester. It's an online uh, Masters of Research course, and it's the first of its kind, which explores the history of Africa and the African diaspora, um, but virtually. Uh, and this started pre-COVID, so it was, it was kind of before its time in that way. Um, and then another outcome was the New Perspectives Conference, which took place, I think, 2017, um, which brought together researchers, again, of all different stages in their careers 
PhD researchers, individual, um, independent researchers, um, young people, um, and basically gave them an opportunity to present the research that they had been conducting on the history of African and Caribbean people. And that culminated in a book, um, New Perspectives on Black British History. So the History Matters Journal is a part of that um, lineage of initiatives that all came out of the History Matters um, collective coming together in 2015. Yeah, so I think it's quite interesting that it started as a collective and then you know, it wasn't just a kind of one size fits all answer to this kind of lack of of students taking up history and a lack of black teachers or, well, teachers teaching history and that kind of thing. Um, It wasn't just, yeah, there's going to be a journal and then that's it. And hopefully the journal just is a plaster on all the problems. It wasn't that. It was, you know, the conference. It's YHP, the Young Historians Project, which I am a part of. Um, I don't know if I've ever said that on this podcast, to be honest. I think I might have, but um, that's another episode, the Young Historians Project. There's just so much to talk about with that. But yeah, with new perspectives, the conference, the um, MRES as well, it seems that this collective has not just, yeah, tried to kind of fix one thing because you know, this kind of lack of, of diversity, should we say, in history isn't just a kind of one strand issue. There are so many like threads to it. And it seems that the collective really have been working to address several threads of it to kind of, you know, make an actual change and a positive change um, across the board and not just in one area like academia or just in schools or just in, I don't know, research or something like that. Yeah, I think that you've summed summed that up really well because there are so many things that did come out of that one conference, which is it's really amazing to look back on and to think about all of these things are still going on and succeeding in their own ways. Um, so that's definitely an important site in uh, in thinking about how we've come to this point. And things aren't necessarily as they should be now but they're certainly better than they were a few years ago um in terms of the number of especially the number of young people studying history from african and caribbean backgrounds and the amount of um phd researchers of african and caribbean heritage as well has just um like shot up in the last several years and while we probably can't um claim all of them <laughs> can't say that that's all down to the history matters collective but certainly it did play a, a leading role um in finding ways to encourage people in that direction yeah definitely and i think you can take a lot of the credit for that and history matters collective can because you know even if it's just for a, a student coming up and seeing that something like the young historians project exists there are, you know, young researchers looking at histories of um, the African diaspora in Britain. That's actually that exists. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's so easy, I think, to feel so isolated doing this kind of research in Britain because it, it at some point seems like nobody else is doing it. But when you kind of realise that, in fact, a lot of people are doing it yeah. um, and there is a space for you to kind of to speak with others and and work with others that are actually researching similar things to you and encountering similar problems um it does make a lot of difference um for sure and the fact that this all comes as well in 2014 well not all of it a lot of it starts at 2014 which is you know six years before 
the Black Lives Matter resurgence um, and everything that happened in 2020, which is where I feel like some people kind of have felt like things just began there. Yeah. Um, I mean, this podcast started there, but it by no means, you know, was 2020 necessarily a point of things turning. I feel like Young Historians Project were already working on, you know, their like second projects and, and that kind of thing. And the History Matters um, journal was being published um, despite that all happening, things kind of carried mm. on. Yeah, absolutely. So thinking then about the History Matters journal, which was one of the things that came out of the collective, um, when did you say, sorry, that started? Um, and why Why a journal? Why something in written form? The History Matters journal actually came out quite a while after History Matters first appeared in 2014. Um, so it didn't get up and running until the summer of 2020, which is six years after History Matters was formed. Um, and it's quite interesting, as you were describing, that um, although um, a lot of work was being done in terms of the history of African and Caribbean people in Britain, um, a lot of things did start in 2020. So it's, it's quite an interesting year. Um, and so basically, the reason behind setting up the journal in the first place was it began as a conversation between um, Professor Hakim Adi and Marika Sherwood, who are two pioneering historians and activists who've been campaigning on getting better coverage of black history and the national curriculum and elsewhere for uh, a long time decades um, and they w had co-founded BASA which is the Black and Asian Studies Association back in the 1990s and for a long time BASA was um, the leading organization in terms of campaigning on issues of the national curriculum um, encouraging people of all backgrounds to be engaged in the history of black people in Britain and um, and create space for people to be able to present that work. So they had set up the BASA newsletter, which was a, a physical newsletter that you had to distribute, print, uh, and people could buy it for, I don't know how much, but probably not that much. Um, but there was cost involved in producing it. So they basically wanted to um, start that work up again but in the 21st century printing and distributing a newsletter is not as easy as it was or it's not the only option um, for a newsletter or a journal so we thought definitely that it should be digital um, which would allow uh, more people to be able to access it on their phones or computers and for free as well um, so that takes away um, a barrier in, in that sense and it's also easier for us um, millennials and, and whatnot to <laughs> be able to create a journal digitally so we started the journal um, in digital form and the aim of it was not only to provide a space for people who are interested in um, learning more about this history um, wherever they're based in the world uh, and whatever they're um, educational background and, and so forth but also to give an opportunity for um, emerging historians people who are early on in, in their career um, to have a space where they can publish their work and um, and get the word out that they are um, researching that, that particular area that they're researching. Um, so our first issue was launched in the summer of 2020 I believe um, and it's just gone from strength to strength. If you look on the History Matters website, we have all of our journal issues there um, for people to access in full. 
And you can see the difference from the first issue to the last issue in terms of how things have developed. And we've been able to get more people working on the editorial working committee, which has really strengthened things. We've been able to expand the amount of researchers whose work we publish in the journal and the scope of the research. Um, So that's been a really exciting development to watch from 2020 to 2022. And we are still in the early stages in terms of it has only been a couple of years. Um, And so hopefully we can just continue finding helpful ways to present this history to people and just keep encouraging more people to think about themselves um, differently. Uh, You don't necessarily need a degree to be able to write about history or if you don't necessarily even need to write about history, you could, um, you know, write a poem about how you feel about a certain event, a certain historical event. It could be a piece of artwork. Um, There are all kinds of different ways of presenting history. So hopefully History Matters continues to be a beacon for people to be able to um, find themselves as historians. That makes sense. And I feel like it absolutely does that and has done that over the past um, few issues. Um, And I was just thinking then, maybe personally, how has the journal helped you? Um, And in terms of, um, yeah, sharing histories um, of the African diaspora in Britain um, in regards to you know your own contributions to it or you know as an as an editor and as a person that kind of has the the final say over what goes out um, in the journal in the end. Um, It has been an amazing privilege I think to be a part of the History Matters journal working group Um, and just to see how many people it has reached and sometimes it's unexpected so we'll get people from um, I think we've had messages from the Caribbean and other places. So it just goes to show that um, the digitized world ha- holds a lot of possibilities uh, for the amount of people you can reach. Um, and every time we get submissions um, of articles for the History Matters Journal, it's just a joy to read them. And a lot of them, a lot of the topics that are covered by people are things that even I didn't know about. And um, that might go, that might be the same for other um, History Matters editors. So we're learning as well as editing um, when we read articles. And that's a really nice process. Um, And as I say, the the scope of the history has expanded as well, Um, even in these short two years, uh, which have felt very short, but um, just getting a sense of the new research that's being conducted and the new faces in the field of black British history as well um, is always a really exciting thing to witness. Thank you. Um, And I just wanted to pick up on what you said about like the scope, because when I read um, the journal, it's like, how is it, not how, obviously it's possible, but there are just so many different topics within, you know, something as I feel like sometimes black british we call it black british history or the history of um the african diaspora in britain it's like shoehorned into something that's allegedly so narrow and small and i think the journal really does counter that narrative because it's so broad in what's covered like you can go from something about i don't know like a radical women's movement to like cricket to like art to poetry to literature all in like a few pages, a few turns of the digital page um, of the journal. And I think that's really important um, that another thing that the journal is doing, because 
um, I think it's quite easy to get into the thinking that um, Black British history is very um, post-war, um, is very much about just racism and struggle, um, when there is so much more to, to that history, to those histories, um, histories of, of the African diaspora in Britain, um, which I think that the journal does really well. And one of the reasons I like it also because you can actually just download it, have it on your laptop. You don't need the internet then because it's downloaded on your laptop as a PDF and you can just pick it up whenever you're ready. If you're on the train, you can just read one, read an article, um, you know, use it for further research because everything has references, obviously. Um, bibliographies, there are extra notes. So if you want to read more about a certain topic, then you can find it in the journal and then go from there, which I think is wonderful. And then obviously the people that have written these um, articles as well you can go and follow their work and any other research that they've done in other formats. Um, so I do think it is a, a really, really great place and a space um, for the research that is coming out of, of Britain and, and the wider world. And it is obviously making a mark on the wider world too. The journal, I should say, not only publishes articles of historical research, um, but it also publishes archive documents that people have found that they think are interesting and announcements about what kind of courses are going on that people um, might want to apply for. Um, so it's like a very broad and mixed bag of announcements and, and research presented. Um, so some of the things that I really enjoyed um, in the spring 2022 issue was, first of all, the imagery um, so with every article, we um, try to accompany it with as much pho photographs and images as possible. Because um, for me, when I'm reading something, it just elevates it when you have a visual um, aid um, to guide you through the history. So something that I really enjoyed was Kevin Williams' article, um, which was basically a first-hand account of the Black People's Day of Action um, in the aftermath of the New Cross Massacre in 1981. So Kevin Williams, being a photographer, documented a lot of that demonstration um, and their black and white photos, um, which give it that more kind of artistic feel. But you also just get a sense of the emotions um, that were present during the Black People's Day of Action and also how um, prominent women were on that march, which I think uh, uh, a lot of times can get overlooked, but as you can see by Kevin Williams' photographs, a lot of women were on that march and they, and they were leading the way, they had their megaphones um, and placards. So those photographs were really beautiful and as well Kevin Williams' description of that day as someone who was there in the flesh um, was a really inspiring piece to read. Um, but I think every... Well, as with every issue of the journey journal, every single article and document presented in that um, journal was an amazing read. Um, I think as well, the History Hotline had an article um, in the last issue. Uh, shout out to History Hotline. <laughs> um, and that was really inspiring to learn more about how the History Hotline came to be in the first place. Um, because... I didn't know that history in it and it was um, it gave a really good context to how you came to do something that is so original and groundbreaking um, so I found that really interesting <laughs> <laughs> no worries 
most definitely no. I really didn't think you were going to say that then. I thought you were going to talk about the other ones. Um, no, I yeah, it was a really good journal. Um, I think I really did like the cricket one. I think I really like reading about history through sports a lot of the time. It's not why I research really ever. But um, yeah, the cricket club um, and the kind of way that that was a space um, in in a time um, where it was needed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was something else that was, was quite interesting and, and different as well. And I think that's the point, you know, you've got, you can go from something as, as new as this podcast and how that started and then personal reflections of a movement and the people's um, day of action, which was obviously something so, so huge. Um, and then, you know, to sports and, and to all sorts of other things. There's also book reviews um, in the um, journal as well. So anything that's kind of been newly published, um, there'll be words on that as well. So, you know, there's something for everyone, um, I would say, in this um, in this journal, most definitely. Um, and, yeah, so I just thought as well to ask, um, in case anyone's listening that is um, a researcher, whether academically or outside of, of um, academia and you know they just do their own their own research um, whether in the community or outside um, how can people contribute to the journal um, and when kind of is the next publication expected and are you taking submissions um, yeah so that is a really important point we want submissions for from pretty much every and ever anyone um, if you are interested in this history and you just want the opportunity to be able to explore a subject, then please do get in touch with us and we can always give guidance and advice as well. If, for example, maybe you haven't published an article before and you just like some advice on how to begin, we're a very friendly bunch of people and approachable, I hope. So, so if you are interested in submitting an article or a document that you found or you'd like to review a particular um, book that's recently come out, then please do get in touch with History Matters. And the way to do that is go to historymatters.online, which will take you to our website. And then we have a page on there called Contact Us, uh, which is a contact form. You can submit your name, your contact information, and um, tell us what it is that you would like to contribute and then we will get in touch as soon as humanly possible and we can begin a conversation about how to get you involved um, because we do want to continue growing the History Matters Journal and in expanding the scope. As Deanna said, there is so much to say about the history of African and Caribbean people in Britain and it goes centuries back so there's so much more that we want to present in the journal and there is opportunity for any and everyone to get involved in in helping to make these histories better known. Um, whether you are just starting out in your career as a historian, whether you have never written an article before, whether you're a PhD researcher, whether you're a, um, a mature academic, it really doesn't matter. But I think everyone has a role to play in um, ensuring this history is better known um and better highlighted as well so we are here as a I guess as a advisory group as well to um talk 
people through how they can get involved. No, that makes sense. Um, And I will also link um, all the kind of contact points in the show notes of this episode and on the socials for the podcast. So if you didn't catch that, you can go back and listen again um, or just have a look in the show notes or on social media. Um, Everything will be linked um, if you did want to ever think about contributing something to the journal. Um, I think it would be if it's if you're even if you're um, kind of young in your kind of research and you know you haven't had much experience of writing um I think it would be a good opportunity to take because um you know you you will only be able to get the experience if you take it and this is a great experience and opportunity to do that um especially because you you'll have um some great people kind of advising you on your work and I know there are quite a few younger listeners um of the podcast so if this is you you found something really cool or interesting in your own reading or in your A-levels or your kind of uni courses if you're there then you know feel free to write something on it um and take the opportunity so is there a deadline um for people to be able to contribute is there a day they have to send you um kind of ideas or, or articles by so basically please get in touch with us at any point in the year um the journal issues come out three times a year um, and if you get in touch with us we can let you know when the next submission date is if for whatever reason you miss that submission date don't worry because there'll be another one coming up sometime later in the year so basically there is ample opportunity to be able to contribute to the journal and it's a, a good thing in terms of it's workable around what else you're doing in life um, so yeah like please don't be scared to get in touch with us basically makes sense thank you for that um wonderful okay and now for anyone that you know has listened to this episode and thought um I really want to write for the history matters journal I really want to find out more I'm interested or you know you just want to read it and kind of follow along when um new volumes are being published uh how can they do that so the history matters journal can be accessed if you type into google historymatters.online that will take you to our website and you can read all of the issues of our journal the most recent the the first they're all there Um, you can either view them online or you can download them if you want to have them stored on your phone to read later Um, and then where can we find um, the history matters collective and the journal on social media you can find us on instagram and twitter um so on instagram if you just type in history matters underscore journal you'll find us that way and then on twitter i think we are matters history um and yeah if you follow us on instagram and twitter you can see all of the updates um, get the latest news on all of the different articles that we've published in the latest journal um and we'll also let you know when we're ready to um, get more submissions in for the next journal issues and so basically just keep up to date with us on instagram and twitter sounds good um and remember if you do want to submit any kind of ideas or pieces of writing for the journal um their submissions are always open via email um, and then you'll be kind of directed to a relevant issue um should your work um you know be ready be ready for submission so please do take advantage of this opportunity and also stay tuned for future episodes of the history hotline that will also feature other 
um, contributors of the History Matters Journal and other members of the editorial team and the collective who are going to speak about um, some of their own research and also how it kind of all ties in with History Matters because it's really important that, you know, as we've spoken about um, different people, you know, doing things historically as collectives, we've got to remember that that work must continue on in a collective way, um, whether it is something like a journal or the Young Historians Project, which is a group of of younger scholars um, who are kind of working their way up and not even all in academia and bringing different skills and a podcast, which whilst it's just me, um, you know, it, it needs to work in, in collective and in community with all these other movements that are kind of essentially working towards the same goal of trying to diversify the curriculum and, and make life a little bit easier for, for those researching um, the histories of people from the African diaspora in Britain. Um, which is what we are kind of all aiming to do in, in one way or another. Um, so I'd like to say a big thank you to A.S. Francis for being here with us today, representing um, the journal, the collective um, and the work that they've done. So thank you for taking time out your day to come on the podcast. Thank you. It's been really fun. Thank you for having me. No worries at all. Um, and stay tuned for many more episodes with um, some of the great people that hopefully will come and, and share their work with me in the future. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the History Hotline. If you've enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To continue the conversation about black history, head over to our social media platforms at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter.